the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In steadfast obedience to God's call upon his life, Pastor Rander continues to challenge us with stimulating questions that we must answer if we are to live a committed, God-filled life. We cannot reach our full potential short of giving God, rather than this world, our very best. The only way we can maximize our God-given capacity is to walk by faith at all times and in all things. God's Word tells us that we must look to the hills for help. Where does our help come from? It comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Thank you for joining us today. As you listen in, you'll want to take notes. So keep pen and paper handy. And I remember so vividly, listen closely. I was in my living room. I was in the house. And one of the pastors of the city, I had not called his name, he surprised me and came to the house. 12106 Morristown. And I, I welcomed him in. He sat in a chair. I remember that to this day. And he asked me what happened. And he was feeling so sorry for me. And I said, no, 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 no. Because it seemed like I had felt. He said, I said, don't feel sorry for me. I'm going to be all right. God is at work. I tell you what I want you to do, Pastor so-and-so. I want you to come back one year from now and sit in that same chair and let me tell you my testimony. A few weeks later, we, we, we started a Bible study in the YMCA, and from there we, we became a church organized in St. Stephen's Baptist Church. Then we used a, a white Pentecostal church in the evening time to have our first service because they worship more. We only worship in the evening. They gave us access to the facility. We were only there six weeks because I didn't want them to kind of get too comfortable in somebody else's facility. I want us to get out there and swim. And so we leased our first facility on, at 5806, and we remodeled that thing, took a warehouse and converted it into a wonderful sanctuary. We grew out of it, and then we moved to 5814 and recreated it, took steel and, and cement and with the help of volunteers and some outside plumbers and electricians, and we, we built 5814. And then we grew out of that and started having two services, and then Two services wasn't enough. It's too many. We started having closed circuit in the next building next door, and we grew out of that. We bought land in 96, and then a few years later, uh, 2002, uh, we began to build, and in 2003, here we are today. But I did not know way back then what God had in mind. Seemingly, when I was not at that church, it seemingly... It all looked bleak and all that, but God had something greater in mind. Because if I hadn't gone through that experience, that would not be a Maranatha today. <laughs> Amen? So, so what I'm saying is all situations are not bad. Sometimes God sends you through to a boot camp 
and trained you, and then he transitioned you to another location where he's going to do a greater work through you that you couldn't do at the previous place because a lid was on and you had so much in you for God that needed to be done, but you were squashed with legalism and we'd never done it that way before until the work of God could get hindered. And God had a great work for me to do and I knew it couldn't have been done there. And so God released me to bloom me. And I thank God for the experience. It looked bad up front, but but the big picture is that he had this that we see today in mind. Amen? I remember, here's another failure my personal failure. I remember, I'm talking about my own personal failures. Because somebody, you don't, I remember when, uh, after I graduated, I was thinking about not going to, I was not going to college. I didn't want to do all that. I thought about not going. So I decided I was going to take, I wanted to go work for the post office, Brother Case. And so I went down and I took that post office exam. That exam was just as easy to me as it could be. I just went right on down. You know, I just knew I was a smarty cat and just went right on down. When they gave me my result, I flunked that thing so far to the left. <laughs> I was asking myself, what happened? <laughs> my goodness, I knew I knew. What happened? I flunked it big time. But God knew that if I had passed that and started making that little money back then, I'd have kept my little self in Houston and I would be doing who knows what, and I wouldn't be looking at you today, and you wouldn't be looking at me. And I thank God I flunked that test because that got me to San Antonio, y'all. Aren't y'all glad I flunked? So what, I, what I'm saying is that stop beating yourself. Now, the other side is that don't seek to fail. <laughs> That's the other side. Some of y'all don't study. You stay up late, you, you, you cram, you know you got a paper coming. You, you got the syllabus three months early. And here you are the day before, two days before, trying to cram. You're not learning, you're cramming. You don't learn in cramming. You're not just trying to pass the test. You want to learn something, for goodness sake. Won't y'all say Amen. If some of y'all fail yourself because of your attitude, and your attitude determines your altitude, man. Won't y'all say amen? So, many don't serve because of, because of fear of failure. Beloved, I'll tell you something else too, uh, in a relation to failure, and then we'll move on to the next one. It is evil to hope for someone else to fail for your own personal gain. You know that? Bad when you hope it doesn't go well because you're not over it. Or you weren't selected. And so you stay home. When, when you were over it, you had no problem coming. It's not quite as good now. It's not your program, so you stay home. But, but it's God's ministry. If it ain't about you, it becomes your option as to whether you want to participate or not. Can't nobody do it like you. Hoping folk fail. That's a bad thing. That's evil at its core to hope anybody fail. I tell you what, the worst thing you can ever, thank you, Holy Spirit. The worst thing you can tell anybody is to go to hell. Look how quiet it is. Now, y'all know some of y'all in here told somebody to go to hell. 
Don't tell nobody. That's the worst thing. You don't wish hell on nobody. Hell is, hell is horrible. You going to heaven? You ought to be, I, pray, I pray you go to heaven. Not, not I hope you go, go to hell. Man, we need to repent. Every time that's been said, your ain't, that's anger out of control. Hoping somebody else fail, even to the point of hell. Let me tell you why some others, let's go on now. I hope you got something out of that failure aspect. I wanted to label that because, because that's where many are right now, because life has its challenges. Number nine, listen, many do not work because of spiritual burnout. Spiritual burnout. They need revival. Turn to Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Many don't work because of spiritual burnout. They need revival. Matthew 11, chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Look what it says. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Look, for my yoke is what? And my burden in the work is what? Light. Let me tell you something about that. Not only will God save those who come unto him, because the verse says, come unto me. That's a divine invitation. Not only will God save those who come to him, he also refreshes those who work for him. Do you realize when you come to Christ and work for Christ, he refreshes you in the work of Christ? Unlike man, the Lord doesn't burden and weigh us down with more than we can bear like the Pharisees did. They put a yoke that the people couldn't bear. And that's why Jesus said, come unto me. My yoke is not like the Pharisaic yoke. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. In other words, unlike man, the Lord doesn't burden and weigh us down with more than we can bear. Listen to this. God knows how much we can bear and therefore adjusts our yoke accordingly. He knows how much we can bear and therefore adjust our yoke accordingly. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows how much energy he has given you. He knows the number of your days. He knows what you can handle. And some of y'all are exasperated and you wore yourself out because you're working for man and not God. You're men pleasers. And men will kill you. They will kill you. You better know how to say no at work. Amen. You'll lose your family in the name of work. You better know, no, I don't need another dollar. I need to manage what God has given me financially so I can spend more time with my family. What price tag do you put on your family? You may get to raise, but you're going to be out of town more too. With raises and promotion comes more responsibilities that will work against your family. Don't think money, think family. What does it profit you to gain the whole world and lose your family as well as your soul? 
You can make it and will make it if you let the Lord yoke you up and not allow the yoke of man to be placed upon you. Number 10, why is it many go to church and yet fail to, to serve in the church? They're too in love with the things of the world to work. They're too in love with the things of the world to what? To work. First John chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. Everybody turn there if you will. They're too in love with the things of this world to work. Turn to 1 John chapter 2, chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. Look what it says. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone, any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of whom? The world. Of what? The world. Let me tell you something. Many of you can't work because you have too many idols in your life. Anything that you put before God is idolatry. Anything that you put before God is idolatry. And idolatry will keep you from serving Jehovah God. What do we worship? Self. The first chapter in the Purpose Driven Life says what? It's not about me. Me. Me gets in God's way. We want what self wants. You can can idolize yourself. You can idolize your career. Your career will move you when God is not moving you. That's idolatry. Oh, my job is moving me to the, I got to go. Who told you you got to go? Can God supply your needs apart from that move? Now, if he wants you to move and give you the green light, show enough move. But every time a job moves, don't mean you have to move. They tell you to go. They not, the job is not your ultimate master. Well, honey, my job is moving. Well, the Lord, you have that. Lord, is you moving me, using this job to move me? Or are you moving this job away from me so you can put me really where you want me to be? Are y'all hearing me? Oh, God help me today. My job moved me. Y'all don't ever say that. Y'all just have your Lord move you. Now, you say, well, I'm military. Well, you signed up with Sam. You stay with him. Amen. Serve your time. Commitment. Better not to, it's better not to make a vow than to make one and not keep it. If you want to be in the military, you shouldn't have signed up. Amen? I don't want to get relocated. Well, you, you his property, but above all, you're God's property. And you need to honor God by keeping your commitment where you are. Amen? I want y'all jumping ship AWOL. Um, personal, you know, you can, make, you can make idolatry out your personal business. You got a job, and then you work in business in the house. You got this little thing. You got this little job. You got that. You got that. And you got that. How much money do you need to make before you feel you can make it? Why does it take so much for you to live? Let me ask you a question. Oh, God, thank you. How much is enough? Are y'all still in here? Oh, y'all listening. Oh, no wonder y'all come here all tired. Y'all in Amway? Mary Kay? Jewelry? Makeup? 
Avon. Oh, man, there's so much stuff I can't even call. And everything else I can't call. He said he didn't call mine. Well, I'm talking about that one. <laughs> How much is enough? And you tell folk about your business before you tell about Jesus. You don't see folk when you come to this church as a business opportunity. You see folk, amen, in need of a savior. That's why I don't sell nothing to y'all. I, y'all, y'all, y'all I, I don't sell y'all nothing. I don't, make no, I don't make a profit off of y'all. All I get is my paycheck. That's all I get. I don't want nothing else. Amen. I'm not, on, I'm not got all these side things going. My wife and I, we had rent houses and other things in Houston. When we, were there, when we moved, you know what? We soon got rid of all that stuff because we didn't want nothing entangling us because we wanted to have a, a mind for Christ, to be focused on what he wants. And I didn't want to be running to Houston because somebody done bust through the window. Don't y'all say amen. They said, come here, somebody, and burn the house down. Now, oh, here I go. See, y'all got so much attachments. Why does it take so much? What are you trying to get? Why are you investing so much on your future aspire? Personal business. Drunk. Trying to make another dollar. Friends. Your friends get more time in your life than God. Call your friend. Be with your friend. Run with your friend. Email your friend. And some of y'all do too much email. Some of y'all, the computer is your God. I need to assert that for the next message. The computer, you spend more time at that computer, and you're not looking at that, you're not looking at Bible software either. Now you're going to get holy. Yeah, but it's Bible software. No. <laughs> all that, all that, idolatry, computer, friends, sports. Can't come to church because you think, you know, we've had church. We had good church. Y'all say, oh, and you know what? It's always a test of the will. God, help me to say this. The, the world does not set the church's agenda. Jay, what I said? Well, I got to go. I'm going to say, I have my bowl party. I know I'm messing somebody up, and you're not going to say amen. That's all right. Go on to your Super Bowl party. I know you're going anyhow. Go on, go invite your friends. That's all right. But we, me and my house, amen, and this church, who, those who come, we're going to have a good time. And you know what? The last, for the last two or three, been on first Sunday. Listen, we've had the greatest crowd and the greatest time. And you know what? One time I did, I went, what well, we did, uh, I, uh, one of the brothers, a video of the thing. And so after church was out, you know, we didn't know what the school was because we didn't see nothing. So I went with some other guys. I told my wife I'd be home late and went over to the house a couple of guys. We're going to watch tape delayed. Man, you know what happened we got over there? We started talking about the good time we had and started talking about the Lord and started talking about the wonderful time we had at the supper. We didn't watch one quarter <laughs> of that game. It, 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 it paled in it in light of what we had just seen and witnessed in the Lord's church that had eternal significance. Let me tell you something. Who played last year? What was the score? And who got, who got the most valuable player? Three questions. Could you name all three? How many of y'all can name? Who can step name all three? You can't. Now, well, so what is that to you? The, day, the, the night 
few hours later, you won't even know who the most valuable player was unless you're some kind of sport nut. Oh, God, help us. Uh, your schedule can become your God. Too busy for God, eh? God knows how to slow you down. God knows how to put you on your back. You say, you won't listen, you won't work, I'll lay you flat. I, I'll cause your back to get out of order. I'll cause you to get short-winded. I'll give you maybe a three-week stay in the hospital so you can think about me. I stir up your family. I bring you home. I, I fix it where you can't even go to work since you wouldn't come to church. I fix it where you can't come to church if you wanted to. I make you stay home so long, you want to come to church. Some of y'all makes idle out of sleep. You sleep too much. You live to sleep. Now, some of y'all don't get enough sleep. We sleep deprived. Me and my wife, most of the time, we sleep deprived. But some of y'all, y'all sleeping, even in church. Don't look at me like that. I'm going to tell you something else, too. Listen to this closely. I'm doing with idolatry. Then we're going to close down. Some of you all make idols out of your children. Now, that's deep. You make idols out of your children. Your whole life is it's not sitting around the Lord. It's sitting around your children. My mentor, P.O. Williams, said, Drape, at all possible, try to have more than one child. Now, God may not permit that, but because when you have one child, all your hopes, dreams, aspirations, everything is wrapped up in that one child. You lose that child, man, you about to go crazy if you don't have but one. And some of y'all don't even want children. Oh, that's another thing I could talk about. <laughs> it's in the Bible, too. Because you know what? Christians ought to want children because when we live in the Spirit, according to the Word, we, we raise up a holy offspring to come back in spiritual warfare that damn Satan who's damned to hell. Don't you realize you ought to be raising up a holy... Now, these, old, these pagans having their children and you sitting up here closing your womb. Now, if the Lord closes, if he opens, that's his business. If he don't, go adopt. Don't sit around and whine and cry. All these children need to be adopted. Amen? Well, I'm waiting on mine. Well, God said, I want to give you... The, you're not going to have it that way. This is the way I want to give it to you. you everybody can't be like everybody else. God... God has a plan for your life, amen? But you know what? We live in a day where Christians are becoming so selfish. I'm going to get back to the children. Until we don't even want children anymore. Because it's all about me. They get in my way, changing them diapers, raising them up, running all over the house, throwing up on you. <laughs> Chasing them, homework, rebellion. What you call those? Going to parent-teacher conferences and all these things. It's a job raising kids. That's why God wanted to be done with a husband and a wife. Not a man and a man, not a woman and a woman, a husband and a what? 
One woman and one man united together in holy matrimony until death do you part. Now, that's his perfect design. Now, a lot of times things will happen. Sometimes your fault, sometimes circumstantially beyond your ability. You know, God understands that. Sometimes folk leave you, you try, and they gone, and you couldn't keep them. Sometimes it's a blessing when they go. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> blessing when they go. <laughs> blessing subtraction. But what I'm saying is that, look, when a husband and a wife have children, they're not going to always do well, but for the most part, God's perfect will is to raise up a holy offspring to carry on the spiritual legacy to the glory of God. And if we stop having children, we, we really make a mess here on earth because God's words say, be fruitful and what? And then y'all look at somebody with five and six children. Now, they know they can't handle that. Well, now, that's not your business. Pregnant again? Well, that ain't your child. Who told you to keep count? Maybe God gave that one so you can bless them. You're not going to be a part. If you're not going to help them, keep your comments to yourself. Won't you say amen? Amen. So, so we have to be very cautious about that. But the other side, you won't want to, but the other side, thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm doing this is my last point. I'm not going to another point. Is this. Some of y'all make idols out of your children. Your whole life is your children. I mean, you get all the sports. You got them in this. You're running them here. They ain't running you. Listen, you're not running them. They running you. Your whole life, I mean, you are, now don't get me wrong, I know you ought to be involved, and I know there's a time and place, and I know, we, I, I went to my chef, soccer games, and all these kind of stuff, my chef, ballet, and all these things. But listen, listen, if you're doing all of that, and you're keeping them away from youth ministry, and Sunday school, and the spiritual things that's going to give them the depth to help them make it in a world that's, gonna, that's seeking to kill them, the world, Satan, the devil wants to destroy your child. The, the Satan hates your baby. And if you're busy with all that stuff and you don't, you're too busy to bring them here, you're too busy. You'll ruin your children. And all God's children said. Scripture tells us that in order to live according to God's plan for our lives, we must be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Know that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. It also tells us that we must forget our past and look toward those things that are ahead. In addition to the gift of a brand new year, God has given us the gifts of keeping the past where it belongs and looking to the present and the future, doing new things in him that shall spring forth. Isn't that good news? If you enjoyed this message and would like to hear more teachings by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Converse, Texas. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.